0: Hello, and welcome to the Fad and Dad podcast. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson.
1: His friends call him Fad. I'm Joshua Burks. His kids call him Dad. And we're the Fad and Dad podcast, where faith is meaningful. And wit is an occasional guest.
0: Uh, I'm recording. You're not recording? This is killer banter. I'm
1: recording. Oh, oh man. I, was, right. I mean well, that, that was going to be like the banter to open the show with, show with. That was going to be the banter. I missed it. Well, hey, at least we didn't get through a full podcast. Yes, we're improving. <laughs> like like many times before. Um Well, if it welcome to Fat and Dad everyone. If it helps, I um I forgot to press record, but thankfully we didn't get too far into it. And before, when we were gathered together virtually, we, we prayed and we asked for our Blessed Mother's intercession, especially for technological help. And she spared me from making a, a technological error. Amen. So here we Amen. are. And, you,
0: and, and I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm the fad of the Fad and Dad podcast.
1: I am Joshua Burks. I am the dad of Fad and Dad. Happy father to three rambunctious, testosterone-packed boys.
0: There you go. Very clearly
1: described. (laughs) And they're not even
0: teenagers, and you're using that descriptive.
1: Yeah, it's about to get worse. Pray for me, please.
0: Yeah, Yeah, will do. Will do. Always do. Always do. Thank you. Uh, Actually, I was thinking of you, prayer-wise, and so indirect shout-out in case... A former colleague of ours uh, is listening because she's, I don't know if she sent you a text. Uh, Yes. And so if you would, friends, uh, uh, a friend of uh, Josh's and I's uh, has a a child with uh, some prayer intentions and needs. So, uh, you know, everyone needs everything all the time. But, hey, Jesus works the particular. He works in the cornflakes. And uh, this is a particular (laughs) uh, flake. Uh, that we're fond of, and so if you would, uh, for our intentions, say a prayer for uh, this friend of ours and uh, her husband and their yes. baby. Yes, please do. Cool.
1: Well, what what are we talking about today, Well, Fad? I thought
0: with that great example we just had of uh, fraternal love, you know, yes. of uh, our fraternal love uh, – for each other and for uh, the friend that uh, used to be a missionary with you and on my campuses we should talk about St. Ignatius's letter to
1: Philadelphia that's
0: right the city of
1: Philadelphia freedom is this the
0: song you were trying to play for me Show earlier me.
1: how do you not know Philadelphia freedom yeah I man. don't know it
0: well because it's Elton John oh that's, that's why I don't know it because it's Elton John <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's because fair. I wasn't in a uh, a cappella group in college.
1: <laughs> okay, now, shots fired. <laughs> we didn't sing Philadelphia Freedom, although that probably would have been awesome. <laughs> Was that your audition piece? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you want know, hot take. I don't know if I've ever told this story in public. My audition piece, I sang Adele. Oh. I mean, you could choose to yeah. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's that song called? Nope, no one needs to know, <laughs> but I, I sing Adele. To, and I made it, so... There you go, be all right. uh,
0: things I did not know for 300, Alex.
1: Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> back to Better Men. We're talking about St. Ignatius of Antioch and his letter to the Philadelphians. No, not in the United States.
0: To um, my disappointment, I got it. that admit.
1: Philadelphia. Yeah, I was like, "No, Elton John did not write a song about the ancient no. Philadelphia."
0: Uh, although I'm pretty sure that uh, Pennsylvania Philadelphia is named after ancient Philadelphia.
1: Sure, it would have to be things right? we didn't Google ahead um, of time. At least, at least a nice, at least a hat tip to it that they're not the first people to call themselves the Philadelphians. True. Okay,
0: I'm Google. Um, I'm, go- I'm, I'm Googling means. This.
1: Oh. Okay, you go Google. Uh, so, so, philos and adelphos would be the Greek terms for friend or or loved one and brothers. Adelphos meaning brother. Um, <clears throat> so this would be brotherly love or the city of brotherly love, uh, which I'm sure is a slogan they have to use in. So William
0: Penn I've named the been. city uh, from obviously the Greek term because it's it's not spelled this way mm-hmm. in Greek. Uh, they have a different alphabet. If you didn't know. And, sure. uh, but there, there's a number of cities named Philadelphia in the Eastern Mediterranean during the Greek and Roman periods. Yeah, Ooh. so making me wonder which Philadelphians was St. Ignatius writing to at the time. That's kind of cool.
1: Well, I wonder if, so, St. Ignatius isn't the only time that we see a, a community of Philadelphians in the ancient church, because in the, uh, in the seven letters of the beginning of the book of Revelation, oh, uh, Philadelphia is one yeah. of the destinations. Yep, yep, yep. And interestingly, from Revelation chapter 3, verse you 9, this. the message of our Lord, I did. Um, so our Lord gives these, the messages to the churches, in the message to the church in Philadelphia, uh, our Lord tells the Apostle John, he says, Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. So it seems that even in the, um, well, not that St. Ignatius is even that far removed from Uh, St. John and his Apocalypse, but it seems that a certain um, sect of false teaching concerning Judaism versus Christianity and a hard line in between um, at least has some cultural or or historical precedent there if this is the same same Philadelphia that even our Lord addresses in Scripture and that St. Ignatius has to address uh, in his letter. The more things change, the more they Mm -hmm. stay the same. Is that what you're saying? Yep.
0: I lost track mm-hmm. of your face. I was yeah. reading, I'd opened up a tab with the Revelation chapter 3 and reading as you were quoting that, and then I couldn't nice. find your face. And so I was like, I am very <laughs> lost, but I found you.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Reading scripture is better than looking at my <laughs> I face. I mean, already. I wasn't going to
0: say that, but now that you did, I'd have to agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so St. Ignatius is, um, is on his way to martyrdom. He has penned a number of letters already. And uh, this is one of the last three, I think, that we're going to see from him uh, as he nears his martyrdom in Rome. Yep. Um, and it seems that he has a personal history here in Philadelphia, which is a little bit unique from the what, previous what, what letters. What gives you the clue that he had a
0: personal history?
1: Um, because he... Somewhere in the second half, chapter 7, chapter 8... Um, maybe even into nine, and maybe he's just recalling past memories. But he talks about past things that I preached in these words, or um, when I confronted them, I said. And so I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some indication that he's um, had some personal connection with the Philadelphia. I could well, be cha- very uh, wrong. Uh,
0: chapter seven um, or, or section seven talks about that, like his preaching while he yeah. was with them. I I was wondering though if he was talking like in a. Symbolic sense that he wasn't physically with them per se, but with his like their bishops and things like that,
1: yeah, because that would follow along the precedent of his previous letters, certainly. What you just because he
0: meets because a uh, lot he's writing these letters because he meets the either their bishops or a, like a, a delegation right. from those local churches while he's uh on his journey. I think he's what was the first one we did for him? Was that uh. Not the trot Gosh, la 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 Ephesians? Um, was he in Ephesus?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was the Ephesians. <clears throat> yeah, it was. And
0: so that, that's where he was staying, and these other bishops came to go see him because...
1: Yeah. Uh, he kind of yep, disseminates yep. from there. But, you know, that could be. Neat. Okay, sure. So personal connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. So let's crack into the letter a little bit. Crack it open. Um, because I... Th- I think there's some important things, especially as, as we read it and inhabit the kind of the spirit of the letter today. So in section two, so pretty much right off the bat, he's warning them to, to flee from schism and false doctrine, uh, and, and to remain bound to the shepherd where the shepherd is, there follow the sheep. And he says, for there are many specious wolves who by means of wicked pleasures, capture those who run God's race and in the face of your unity however they will not have a chance so i thought it'd be well if if we could address especially how ignatius is addressing schism um people who are falling away because that uh, that was pertinent for him but it's it's also pertinent for us today so yeah what are what are your uh, thoughts i just have one quick question specious yep.
0: so uh, yeah what is, I don't have a thesaurus dictionary handy. I'm not a – I don't have a master's of arts like some people here. Uh, and so <laughs> it's a, it sounds like it's a very impactful word. It sounds like a very impactful yeah. word. But.
1: Impactful word. Yeah. I, specious wolves. S-P-E-C-I-O-U-S. So do you know what that means? Types of species? Oh all right well so here I am. <laughs> it's uh it
0: means like seemingly trustworthy yeah, really so like that that's my translation seemingly trustworthy, and then just uh you know oh. me with the fast fingers on the keyboard with the google uh superficially mm-hmm. plausible, but actually wrong
1: oh, well, that gives oh man, that really colors so, you, in might text. In, so you might say it's a wolf in sheep's yes. clothing.
0: <laughs> hey, you're in an SDSU courtesan. Well, that's helpful. Yeah, go Jack. Go okay. Jack. Sorry.
1: <clears throat> corn Husker um, and Jackrabbit. All right, so there are many. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So the specious um, wolves, I'm sorry. So, there, yeah, there, there are wolves in sheep's clothing who, by means of wicked pleasures, are, are siphoning off and capturing those who are trying to adhere to, to God yeah. and his church. Um, how, how do we translate this into modern day? So one of the thoughts I had and and I'm not even really well prepared on on how to answer it, but how to translate this language, especially just from the church fathers in general, which can be very sharp. Um, whereas today our tendency is to be very, um, you know, we hear the words like pastoral, pastoral care, accompaniment, (coughs) um. How, how do we translate the, the sharp language of, that we read in the Fathers when it comes to disagreement, disunity, and how do we embody that um, spirit today? Or how do we read that today?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I think maybe the first thing would be is that if it mattered so much to them, maybe we could learn something from the fact that it mattered so much to them.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's right. there is significant right. itself.
0: You know, um, and so we can't just dismiss it as anachronistic yeah. uh, or something else. It needs to be dealt with on its own terms, I'd say, first of all,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I, quick, quick insert, it's not just the Church Fathers. I mean, we read this in the New yeah. Testament as well. So all the more it, it, it takes on a, a heightened degree of relevancy. But can,
0: please yeah. continue. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And so, also thinking about it in terms uh, of that Jesus, his Jesus, strong identity of his followers with him, and so I think to see part of it is coming from them taking seriously when Jesus says, like you know, uh, uh, that that we are part of him. You know that mm-hmm. that Pauline. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, like a Pauline uh, Pauline seed, right? Has grown. Mm-hmm. Right. Saul, Saul, why are you yeah. persecuting me? Well, who are you? You know, so I don't persecute you. I'm Jesus, mm-hmm. whom you are persecuting. You know, even though he's been persecuting mm-hmm. Stephen and whoever and whoever in the Antiochian Christians and blah blah blah. Um, yeah. So that that seed has blossomed and grown to the point where they were Ignatius and. Others see this as, like, this imperative, this uh, grave responsibility mm. of a Christian is to stay united in the flock.
1: Yeah. And I think an important distinction to be made is that this is uh, just the essence of the letter. This is internal language. Hmm. This is Ignatius admonishing the flock on how severe it is to leave the flock or to be taken from the flock. This isn't Ignatius writing to those who have left. This isn't a public address on like here's the stance of the church to, to those who have Or those who have away. never been in. You wolves. Yeah, exactly. This is um this is internal language, which is not to say that it it can't be external language, but um this isn't uh, oh gosh I, I feel like I'm now on the on the fringe of, of language of how I want to describe this but you know um, today's mo is is you need to have the proper etiquette and proper language to sure, cover all sure. your tracks and you, you have your PR teams and your HR covering all your words yeah so I, I, I think
0: with this point you there's a there's a thought of my own mind on this that um, you know, Today we're very concerned about how the others, how others outside will see, because we live with a basic assumption that things depend so much on whether out others outside choose. Because yeah. it puts so much weight on yeah, on, on yeah. your choice, uh, on on mm-hmm. you on what you elect to do, um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a that creeper expansion of the consumeristic vibe. That uh, I got a frog mm-hmm. in my throat. I should. Milk was a bad choice earlier.
1: <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Pound a half gallon of milk before recording. No, it
0: wasn't a half gallon. You saw it was a bowl of cereal.
1: It was a bowl, was a bowl. A bowl of cereal.
0: <laughs> um, granola with some pistachios. Mm, yes. Okay. But because um, mm. I made an excellent consumer choice. But uh, There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, be, I, think, I think when we read and discover this, though, too – you know, we have this, we'll call it like a, a libertarian attitude, a liberal attitude, by which I don't mean American mm-hmm. political uh, parties, but just mean like the mm-hmm. common uh, spirit of our day is the importance and emphasis of choosing. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, before we started recording, you and I were talking a bit about, you know, in, in the American church right now, there's a great debate amongst even our bishops and some of that, debate is coming more and more public about topics of what we call Eucharist, what they call Eucharistic coherence you familiar with those a little bit? okay they mm-hmm. can't hear you nod
1: yeah <laughs> oh, <right>. yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay Yes. Yeah. and so uh, so the, which is basically like you know how do we present ourselves to communion and what do we require the faithful to present themselves to make a holy communion and
1: Right, which is being cast in the terms of open communion versus closed communion, external versus more internal, or less yet, yeah, or a,
0: a more open communion. Because yeah. like, so I think that I think they would object sure. to saying that they are open communion. Some some proponents, I think, would obj- object to being called open communion, but sure. more open communion. So that'd be like a uh, uh, okay. Father James Martin, the Jesuit, um, yep. and yep. Uh, some others. But uh, so I think like the best way to read the more. F- the most charitable way to read their position would be that they want to expand the boundaries of the body of Christ to keep people in as much as possible in order that by being in, Mm -hmm. uh, they might be converted, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the Mm -hmm. uh, kind of more closed boundary uh, people, uh, and there's really no one with the same broad mainstream Uh, attention as Father James Martin is on the other side, but that other side would be more of like, well, no, we need to say when you've left the communion in order that you would know to come back to the communion and to give you clear lines, but also give you clear support and encouragement to get back in.
1: Yeah, which seems to be exactly the position that Ignatius takes in the early church. There, there is a clear, almost unmovable boundary that can be crossed, but, but the important part, especially with what you were just mentioning, that then the effort is to bring them back into the fold, to bring them back into the communion, which is exactly what Ignatius gets at, because he talks about these specious wolves. (laughs) Sorry, I I couldn't read that word again. (laughs) The specious wolves, the untrustable wolves. But he says, as many as are gods in Jesus Christ, they are on the bishop's side, those who are in the communion, and as many as repent and enter the unity of the church, they shall be gods, and thus they shall live in Jesus Christ's way. So Ignatius absolutely draws a clear line of distinction of when one becomes a schismatic or is taken away from the fold, but he also allows for a path of repentance back into the church. Uh, and just to,
0: yeah, just to, just to ahead. clarify, as uh, Josh was reading the text of Saint Ignatius, and he said like you know, as much as they repent, they will be gods. Uh, that's G O D S apostrophe S, dear listeners, showing possession. So as like my translation said, those who repent and enter into the unity of the church will belong to God. Yep. Yes. Yep. Good clarification. So not saying that they will uh, uh, be like Thor and have a Marvel movie, uh, <laughs> but no. Yep.
1: As, as much as my kids want to be Thor. No. Little pagans.
0: I always figured uh, uh, Elijah a little more of a Loki.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. You're not but kidding. yeah, so that that, that points uh, of
0: like uh, that there is a path of return.
1: mm Hmm. Yeah. Which, which Ignatius would say today that confession is cooler than cancel culture. Boom. Boom. Sauce. So, even this uh, this warning against the, do I go down the path? Do I do I introduce? Have we said the word woke on our podcast yet? uh you're asking me if I remember details like that I'm like the most sanguine
0: brain, yeah have it on this one know what we have it on this episode but it's yeah. on
1: this one we'll just say the the culture of today that is that is very quick to cancel well it's not just uh, woke is is not that's quick to cancel yeah it's kinda
0: that's kind, of, that's kind yeah. of a bipartisan uh effort canceling seems to me
1: sure. 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 But that this this spirit of 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 canceling once you have left right. or once you have done something it is unforgivable is not a Christian it's way. It's like of in thinking. in
0: the modern imagination excommunicate. Oh, look at the John Wick movie. Right? What? Never
1: seen it, but Are You serious? Okay, you listen to Philadelphia Freedom and then I'll go okay, watch John so Wick. I
0: I'd listen to a 3-minute song <laughs> so you could watch some of the most like original and creative movies of uh, uh, oh gosh. Okay. Um so yeah, so in so there's this uh movies uh, called John Wick. They've had th- I think they just released the fourth movie of the John Wick movies, maybe the final one. And um but in there, right, the the John Wick character, there's this whole underworld of uh, assassins, hitmen, things like that, and you can get excommunicated, excommunicado, right? Mm. So they're drawing that Catholic Christian language, it's biblical language, right? Mm-hmm. I think it might actually be in the literal mm-hmm. Greek. Of is it First Corinthians?
1: Yeah, it, the I know that the teaching is there in First Corinthians five. I, I sure. can't recall the Greek offhand. Sure. It probably but, is. Uh,
0: but but there but in but in Paul's telling of that excommunication is a tool to lead to repentance right
1: amen whereas
0: in like the John yeah. Wick use of the idea and so and how the broad, how we as a broader american culture see the word excommunication we see it as so mm-hmm. long, farewell, na 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 Canceled. na na. <laughs> yeah. Hey 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 good. <laughs> right it's like it's like when someone falls out at a basketball game, you know, they're done. They're out. Yep. There's no way back into the game. And it's it's a feather in your cap that they're out. Whereas for St. Paul, yep. an excommunication was a cause for grief, for sadness on the part of the whole church, and a time to intercede and pray and beg God that the excommunicated would receive the call to come back in.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I, uh, I just pulled open. So First Corinthians 5, St. Paul says that you are to deliver this man to Satan, so excommunication, for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. The point of his excommunication is so that he may make a return yeah. into the fold. Uh, which is which is exactly the heart of what St. Ignatius is getting at here. And not only just in section three of, of this letter to the Philadelphians, Thanks. he mentions um, confession again later in section eight, where he says, Ignatius now, he says, the Lord forgives all who repent, if that is their repentance brings them into God's unity and to the bishop's council. And I wanted to to draw out the point there while Ignatius is talking about confession, um uh, and because this has been so important unity with the bishop and unity with the church for ignatius is that the the effect or the fruit of the sacrament of confession is not only that it restores one to right communion just with god but it restores communion with the church it's it's that cross-shaped it's uh, it's a lateral and a horizontal yeah yeah um, reconciliation so, you know, why well why can't we just ask for forgiveness on our own in our room? Like we can. Please please don't <laughs> refrain from having prayers of repentance and forgiveness. But it, there's been damage done also to the mystical body of of Christ, the church, and you need to reconcile yourself back to your brothers in unity with your priests and bishops and deacons. And so the uh, the the effect then that even Ignatius is drawing out of the sacrament of confession is that it doesn't only restore you to God's unity, but to the unity of those gathered around the bishop. Amen. Yeah. And uh,
0: and with that uh, too, that this is a repentance back into, this isn't the initial repentance. He's talking about this is a restorative yeah. repentance. Um, yeah. Restoring what's yeah. uh, that... that Course, that original repentance is repentance that is baptism
1: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah so th- this was one of the and we mentioned this right before we started recording that um ignatius has been very eucharistic um, and he even is in this in section four he talks about the eucharist and how it affects our unity but uh a lot of a lot of good nuggets on the nature of confession and reconciliation I'm staring
0: at you because you used the word nuggets. Have you been, listen- have you been listening to uh, Father Mike Schmidt's Catechism in a Year? Oh,
1: okay. No, does he, does he use nugget I, language I,
0: too? If there was a drinking game that you had to take a, a drink every time you said the word <laughs> nugget, uh, he would not be modeling sobriety. <laughs> Just put it that way. Oh, uh, can we uh, shift gears a little bit? Because maybe... Uh, the word nugget was a prophetic moment for you.
1: <sighs> probably not. Why? Do you no, have chicken no, nuggets? No, I don't have chicken
0: nuggets. Uh, that'd be...
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be prophetic. You
0: know, if my staff brought me chicken nuggets right now, they would be staff of the year.
1: <laughs> but no. Mm. I am dying to know what you're getting at with nug- the prof- the prophetic character. Well, it wasn't about probably. the nuggets
0: themselves. It's just the idea uh, that... Uh. Uh, he. So he talks a bit about this idea of like, uh, a preaching in the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit uh, preaching through him. Uh, this comes from the end of uh, section 7, <clears> or <throat> that whole mm-hmm. of section 7. Pardon me, I'm going <laughs> to... Milk was a bad choice. <coughs> milk. So, um, right. <clears throat> but he for whose sake I am in change is my witness that I did not learn this from any human being. No, the Spirit itself was preaching, saying these words do nothing without the bishop. Uh, So just his belief, his conviction that, you know, when he's saying things, that they have a meaning or a purpose beyond what he intends. Uh, That was the Holy Spirit at work within him. Uh, The Holy Spirit fulfilling Mm -hmm. uh, that divine purpose by uh, by laboring through his own words, even though his words were deliberately Christian words. He wasn't just... um, saying things mm-hmm. to say things, gobbledygook. Uh, but rather the Lord, yeah. the Holy Spirit, used his words to great effect in that way. So he talked about a time where he was talking mm-hmm. about that importance of unity and they were having a trial of unity uh, in Philadelphia. And so just um sort of an encouragement for you listeners in this way is like when you feel like you're supposed to like say something about the Lord uh, to others about the life of faith, like, don't be super worried about saying it, like, in the right way.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't be anxious about how you'll say these Who things. Who said that? Yeah. Huh. Jesus. Jesus. Uh.
0: So, yeah, so don't be anxious about that, but have faith that the Lord will use things even in ways that you don't understand.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well said. And that one well, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with this this need to have polished uh, PR communication, how everyone's going to perceive your yeah. words, and it, it it creeps into our prayer and our evangelization. I need to uh, you know preach the gospel in this convincing way and. Um, it needs to be eloquent and inspiring. and
0: Yeah, there's a, um, That's... There's a book about a uh, sermon of spirits. And we're probably getting near the end here uh, of our time. We didn't set timers, I don't believe, though. We did not. Nope. Uh, but there's, uh, yeah, there's an important idea like, that St. Ignatius makes in his uh, spiritual exercises that sometimes uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, when we're going the wrong way, the work of the Holy Spirit makes us feel weird and off and bad and mm-hmm. uh, sad because the Holy Spirit's like yelling at us, you're going the wrong way.
1: <laughs> hmm. Yeah. It also, this whole dynamic, especially when you were reading Ignatius, it reminds me of St. Paul when he says that I, I prefer prophecy over tongues. Like I would, I would prefer the gift to be able to be the Holy Spirit's mouthpiece at, at any time. And that's what we should strive for. Pray for the gift of prophecy, yeah. which just means that doesn't mean predicting the future. That just means being the Holy Spirit's mouthpiece at a given moment to say the message that needs to Amen. be said. Whether you understand it or not, the, the message that is, not the words. That's more the tongues right. issue, but... Prophecy is able to, to speak the, the clear message of Whether you understand
0: the full impact of the message you're saying.
1: Yeah, that's, that's yeah. better said.
0: Well, now that uh, Josh has admitted that publicly and on a recorded way that I say things uh, better than he does, I think we've done everything we need to do yeah. in this episode. <laughs> All right, you and your specious words. Uh, they're not specious, they're true. Uh, most of them. <laughs> Just hit just just hit the 30 second back button. Yeah. Thank uh, you. all right. Oh, well, uh, next week we have Smirnoff
1: vodka? No. Or 2 weeks from now we'll have Smirnoff vodka? 2 weeks from now well, yep, we'll have Smirnoff vodka. What is next week? Next week is Saint Ignatius and his letter. To <laughs> <six minutes. laughs> That's
0: why I was making a joke. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm okay. tracking. You're, you're, I'm you're on what I'm stepping in? Um, That's good. Yep.
1: I'm drinking Excellent. the vodka. Well, yeah. Um, oh, man. I, um, I just looked to it, and there's there are two underlined lines that whew, we have a good conversation ahead of us next episode. All right.
0: Well, I'm like this bad one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, thank you for listening. I, I have to leave now and go watch yes, John Wick.
0: Episodes one, two, three, and
1: four. So just you'll need nice. like... Is that the one with... um? Kia- what's his name? Oh, I should know. Keanu Reeves. Yes. All right. Yeah, way it. to go. That's good.
0: That's good. <laughs> You're making progress.
1: <laughs> all right. Blessings, Peace. all.